welcome to the pilot episode of Melody Muses. I am your host, Melody Tran, and this is a space that I've created to ponder and muse about the layers and complexities of life. In this two-episode series, our musings will be focused on personal development. Personal development is the lifelong process of learning, assessing, and maximizing yourself. Personal development is a push, a struggle, and almost always an uphill battle. It's making the active decision that you want and deserve more out of your life and that you are fully capable of making it happen. It's being brave enough to look inwards and acknowledging your shadows, your weaknesses. And it's choosing to love even those shadows. It's choosing yourself and loving yourself because you are the most permanent thing in your entire life. I want to start off with a quote from the poet Anais Nin that reads, And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. I think this quote fully encapsulates how I started, how I realized how stagnant I was in life and that I needed to make some serious changes. with myself I was like there is no way I have to live I have to go through life feeling like this you know there was a part of me that felt like I wasn't acting in my fullest potential like there was more that I could be doing I always had that nagging feeling that there was more that I could be doing but I wasn't sure what it is and it was because I was clouded by other people's expectations of me, society's, how society uh, views me. And I couldn't care less about how I felt about myself. And that's so backwards. It's so backwards. We spend so much of our lives seeking external validation when all of the external validation is a projection of the validation that we don't give ourselves. And it's such a hard journey. It is such a difficult path to learn how to love yourself again. Learn to be happy with being who you are. Nobody warned me what learning to like myself would be like, how messy it would be. Not that it's anyone's job to, of course, but it's so much more than just self-care routines, baths, taking yourself out on dates. It's learning how to be present with yourself and your emotions, even when they don't feel good. 
especially if they don't feel good. Especially when you're alone. Being able to sit with those emotions, the emotions that we deem bad, are human emotions that need to be felt, not pushed down and suppressed. Learning what you like and what you don't like. Your boundaries, your needs, and acknowledging how those needs weren't met growing up. It's understanding your innate worthiness and your capabilities to meet your own standards. It's having compassion for yourself and all of the crap that you went through, even in the situations that you put yourself in when you didn't know any better. You have to learn how to forgive yourself, support yourself, because in doing that, you love yourself and you attract people that also love you, that also support you. And to embrace the things that make you different. Because right when you come into this world, you are put into this mold. You shed off all of the things that make you quirky, that make you unique, all to fall in line with the status quo. And that's, that's not how life is supposed to be, you know? You have to embrace what makes you different. And respect other people's differences as well. It's learning how to be your own friend, your own parent and life coach. It's letting go of the wounded person you've identified with your whole life. And most importantly, well, can't say it's most importantly because it's it's all important it's experiencing the pain and beauty of filling your own void for the first time instead of relying on others to do it for you Sorry for my cat just meowing in the background in that segment there. I like to think that he was just hyping me up. The Bhagavad Gita, literally meaning the song of the God, is a very popular piece of Hindu literature. It is a 700 verse scripture that is part of a Hindu epic, Mahabharata. I I might be butchering the way I'm saying these. Um, But basically, it's, it unravels, it's a story that unravels the philosophy of life and can be used in uh, a spiritual, practical, metaphysical way. You can really read this literature on many levels, is what I'm trying to say. But in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a 
really important lesson that stood out to me. Um, we read little pieces of this um, literature when I took a religion class, actually. I love that class. Great class. Um, wish I could take it again, to be honest. <laughs> but in the story, Krishna, which is a god that was disguised as a chariot driver, says to Arjuna, who is going through some moral turmoil, he says to him, raise yourself by yourself. Do not let yourself down by yourself. It is the self that gives respect to the self and it is the self that deceives the self. Yourself is a friend, yourself is your enemy. It is you who needs to decide whether to raise yourself or let yourself down. It basically teaches you that there is no one outside of ourselves that can change our life. And to also be careful because you are your worst critic and you need to show yourself compassion and discipline at the same time. It's finding that fine line that best aligns with you. Your subconscious beliefs are the products of your earliest experiences and lessons in life. Which is exactly why I, you will hear me stress the importance of childhood development a lot throughout this series. It's something that I am very passionate about and it's something that I want to um, take part in in my future. It's something that I want to make a career out of. So, um, well, I digress on that. Anyways, your earliest childhood experiences and lessons form most of your original beliefs. And they are not necessarily who we are or what we need to be happy and successful. They can't be because... expectations set by my family and all of the beliefs that I had internalized as a young person we have very little understanding and awareness of ourselves and we derive our understanding of the world through the lens of our caregivers. So whether the world is a wonderful place full of opportunity or a scary world of challenges depends not on reality or truth, but on other people's perceptions, which are feeded back to us. More, what's more troubling is that those beliefs about ourselves, the ones that 
measure our capacity, lovability, our potential, all of that is also formed during this time. And it's, it's during this time that we also develop relationship patterns, fears and expectations of how far we can go in life. And then there's a point where it's just, it's set. It's, it limits us to how far we can go. And this is all not based on who you actually are. It's based off of other people's expectations and opinions of you. It took me a long time to unlearn that I have the right to prioritize myself. I have the right to be happy. Um, I, for so much of my life, I um, had low self-esteem because my interests and my thoughts were never validated as a child within my family. Because the one thing that my family cared about was education. And rightfully so, we came from a place of extreme poverty and so the only way to get out of that was to get an education, was to be financially successful through getting a college degree and being educated. But that didn't leave room for any, any of my other interests in life. And like I wasn't allowed to do like extracurricular activities because I was supposed to focus on school. And I just, I felt like as a kid, I was constantly like overlooked and never listened to, which led me to believe that my own wants and needs were secondary. So it took so long for me to unlearn that, for me to realize that, hey, I I am important, I'm valid, I, I have a place at the table too. And it also goes into like how I was I have very like people pleasing tendencies because of this as well because I did view my wants and needs as secondary I had and it was just it was very frustrating for me but I have since gotten a lot better at that I I still find myself falling into some patterns that are more aligning with um, my past beliefs, the things that I'm trying to unlearn. It's just very hard to completely get rid of them. And see, I keep on making that mistake too because it's not it's not getting rid of them because they're unwanted. That creates resistance and gives it more power. I have to like learn how to accept it as a part of myself and choose not to give it power which is again really really hard to do um it's something that i i am constantly fighting with um or working out but um yeah it's it's rough we live in a world that prioritizes like productivity and performance and our society we live in such a fast-paced society that it deprives its citizens of empathy it doesn't give us a chance to acknowledge our emotions and our mental health 
And so when COVID hit, I really think it gave a lot of us a chance to slow down and many of us realized just how messed up our internal worlds were. And I'm one of those people. I realized that a lot of my thoughts and behaviors no longer served me. And what I mean by that is that I couldn't, I couldn't see myself going in a positive direction in life if I continued to live and think the way that I did. And so there comes a point in your life where you're sick and tired of playing the victim and nothing good or new will ever come out of comfort, will never come out of a life that you're living the same way over and over again. So yeah, really aligns with that quote that I um, mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. clarify that when I say that my thoughts and beliefs were no longer serving me at the time, I mean that the way that I was seeing the world was tinted by my... Tinted is kind of an understatement, actually. The way that I was seeing the world was distorted by my beliefs and subconscious feelings that I had gained from childhood, from growing up. And these subconscious beliefs were what kept me safe, were what kept me comfortable, but they weren't allowing me to maximize myself as a person. to unlearn and reprogram ourselves in order to discover and achieve what our greatest potential could be. Otherwise, we'll continue living in reaction to our initial few years, whether they were amazing or challenging. And how I started unlearning my beliefs was just questioning every thought that I had. If when we're young, we don't get to choose. We automatic, automatically believe and it gets ingrained into our unconscious. So the only way to bring it out is to go deep. It's not about forgetting. It's not about resisting. It's about changing and transforming while you might never forget what you once knew or believed you can challenge it you can challenge it by asking it if it feels right is it really true waited around for too long I when I was going through my period of what I would call like rock bottom where I just bad things just kept felt like it kept on happening to me and 
like one of the biggest things that I learned was that the universe life isn't just gonna give you what you want just because you feel bad about yourself just because you feel sorry for yourself because there really was a time in my life where I was just getting lesson after lesson and I I was like why does this keep happening to me like I I'm not doing anything wrong and and I wasn't I really wasn't but how I approached it how I reacted to it I kept going like please give me a break please life give me a break do you not see how much pain I'm going through expecting to get what I want like when a baby cries and gets what they want that's that's how I was acting and it took a minute for me to realize that I started changing how I talked to myself because I I didn't realize how mean I was to myself in order to get things done. I didn't realize how self self-deprecating my thoughts were until I started being more aware of them. And it, it, it takes a lot to, to try and challenge them because it's something that you've been so used to, to thinking for all of your life. It, it's, it's comfortable for you. Um, and that's your ego. That's your ego talking right there. It wants you to stay safe. It views the present through past experiences. And another one of the things that I started doing was regularly speaking affirmations. Affirmations are incredibly powerful because they're reprogramming your mind to think differently. Because we act consistent with who we think we are if you constantly tell yourself that you can't do math you probably wouldn't be able to do math if you keep on telling yourself that you're not good enough then that's what your mind will believe that's what you will believe if you spend most of your life reminding yourself of your inability there's no way that you can achieve success so some of my favorite affirmations is um i want to share these with you my body is healthy my mind is brilliant and clear my soul is at peace i am enough I forgive myself. All I need is within me. I have more than enough time and more than enough energy for what is meant for me. I welcome abundance in all aspects of my life. I embody love and peace. Everywhere I go, I prosper. Everything I do, I excel. All of my words and my actions are motivated by love and peace. These are a few of my favorite affirmations that I say daily. It 
really helps to combat the negative self-talk that you've conditioned yourself into doing for most of your life. Because you deserve love. You deserve to hype yourself up. You deserve to be nice to yourself, contrary to popular belief. Contrary? Contrary to popular belief? Why did I say it like that? Anyways... Yeah, period. I am building my future through the present moment by doing my best to embody what I believe my best self would do in the moment. Every action that I take, every word that I speak, I do my best to make sure that it aligns with who I believe my highest self, my, the best version of myself would do. It wasn't because the pain that I was feeling wasn't important. It wasn't because the pain that I was feeling was invalidated. It was because I wasn't listening to that pain. I just felt it and wanted it to go away. And that's that's not learning your lesson. It It's hard, but you have to... You have to sit with that pain because that pain is teaching you something. It's it's telling you something. And the same goes with all of your emotions, not just like pain overall. Like this may be for different for everybody, but I know that for me, there are different emotions that I need to pay attention to and sit back and ask myself, what is this emotion teaching me? What can I learn from this instance? to figure out what was best for me which means I'm not just gonna get what I need to stop the pain it's not that easy I have to be the best possible version of myself which means I have to work through this I have to understand what is holding me back and get this done have become a period of realizing my unhealthy thoughts and behaviors. It's consisted of me reparenting myself to become the best person that I can be. 
And I'm not saying that my family or my parent was in any way, shape, or form a bad parent. I know that she was trying her best and I love and appreciate her so much for doing so. But most cases, including mine, parents have unresolved trauma that they haven't dealt with that gets unconsciously passed down to their kids. And then their kids unconsciously adopt those traumas and project it onto themselves and others around them, and eventually their kids. And we have generational trauma. So this is something that I would tell to anybody if we were talking about this kind of topic is just to you have to be aware of your traumas you have to actively try to fix your traumas before you pass them on especially to your kids i really don't like the fact that it is such it is so normative to start a family and how it's considered a crucial milestone in life when in reality, most of these parents, or most of these people, probably shouldn't have been parents to begin with. Because when you have kids for reasons like out of obligation to keep your spouse, reputation, loneliness, you're having a kid for the wrong reasons. And it's so unfair to them. It's one of the many reasons why I want to work with children. It's, be, it's to provide for them a safe space for them to cope with their emotions in a healthy way, to instill in them basic human decency and understand their emotions, helping them to build a strong and loving sense of self-worth. Because once you grow and strengthen your internal state, that's, that's where your power comes from. Because you stop reacting to the world and start creating, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't realize that my power, your power doesn't lie in your circumstances. It lies in your perceptions and your beliefs. So once you find balance within your internal world, no one can disturb that or take that away from you. Once you change your perception, you change the way you respond to people and yourself. 